Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm Trevor. And together, we're We're Occasionally Interesting, interesting. the podcast where a couple travels the world interviewing the most interesting people they meet along the way. Sometimes it will be sweet, often entertaining, rarely conservative, frequently informative, occasionally occasionally interesting. Occasionally interesting, occasionally interesting, they are occasionally interesting. So are you guys down in Copenhagen? No. Yeah, uh, we came down here. We were supposed to already be back in the States. We were going to move back to the States for a year and a half. Um, let's let's see what happens now. Um, but yeah, we came down here at the beginning of March for our bachelor party. So we did a bunch of our friends from all over the place come, come fly into Copenhagen and meet us here. And then we were planning on staying for about six weeks afterwards. And now we'll be here at least... Until August, because they yeah, that's what we're predicting. We're, we're thinking until the end. I mean, reliably, not until there's a vaccine. Yeah, that's why I'm here. My mom's nurse, and people are like, "There's gonna be no international travel until they can verify like you aren't just continue to spread the disease to countries." So, wow. Yeah, we're in Africa, so I'm like, I'm kind of expecting to be here for a while. <laughs> what was your original plan? How long were you expecting to be there when you got there? We were meant to be out here May 1st, heading to Uganda, and then from Uganda to Democratic Republic of Congo. So we actually got really lucky that it hit and we got stuck in South Africa versus, like, in the DLC. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, your house wow. your house looks beautiful. It looks like you're... It really does. <laughs> not living too Yeah, it's hard. weird. We live in... Where we live in Cape Cod in America, it's expensive as fuck. Excuse my language. I mean, expensive. So even an apartment, we wouldn't get an apartment for $1,000. Uh, I've got four people in this house here, and it's costing us a thousand bucks. It's two hundred and fifty dollars a head per person, and it's a huge house because it's Africa and it's cheaper. So wow, it's kind of nice being stuck. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, what do you what do your days look like, and how are they different from what you expected them to be? What do our days look like? Well, we've been on one of the strictest lockdowns in the world so far. Um, we. We were watching the coronavirus start to spread in the early part of the year, and we were saying to people, like, no, this is going to be serious. It's good. It's going to start to kill people. Africa will have to do something. And then we were in the Kruger National Park, I think, on the 25th, and it seemed like a lockdown was coming. So we were like, we best go home before this hits. I think we got back to the house, and the next morning they were kind of gave us a warning that we're going on to lockdown, and that was March 27? 26th. March 26th, we went into lockdown for my quotation fingers two weeks um so people had enough alcohol and cigarettes to last for two weeks because we've been we've been on a military lockdown you can't leave the house uh we can go to the grocery store but that's it like the police are shooting people what military i think have killed eight people so far for for trying so to do anything but grocery shop nope i mean why nope. what are they killing the people for what are the people trying to do that they're killing uh well, what sucks here is just how they live. Because I mean, after 14 days, we thought we thought we were coming out, and we you know they extended it for another three weeks. And now we've been under lockdown since last month, uh, May. I think this Friday coming up, it's meant to lift, but it's only lifting slightly. It, we're going to stage four or stage five, so it's a slight lifting of the lockdown. But then they just deployed 75,000 soldiers um, about a week ago to enforce the lockdown further until July. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Wow. Yeah, okay. So what are you doing with your days? Oh, we were, sorry. We were training. Uh, during the lockdown, we were an exception because we're essential services doing anti-poaching. So we were going out and training anti-poaching units still. Oh, nice. Um it's just as it was starting to spread through the country more, we, we made a decision just to call it off and to ride out the lockdown to see what's going to happen. But South Africa's done a really good job of containing it, but they've contained it through brute force. Yeah. But they have to. Um, about, eight million of the pop- about 8 million people in the population here are in poverty, and they live in tin huts. So they don't want to be on lockdown because they live in a fucking tin hut. They have no food. They get paid a dollar a day, and they haven't been paid in almost four weeks. Wow. So to continue the lockdown is going to put more hardship on them. So I think the military deployed to to stop the country from falling apart. But if they don't do that, the disease will do it for them. So it's it's kind of like I feel for them. Are there any relief efforts for getting people food? Um, 
I see on the news that they're trying, but how do you see you've got 8 million people? I mean, no matter how good you are, like, they're trying to hand out food in these, uh, they call them the townships, which are basically projects where they live in like these tin huts and there's millions of them. How do you practice social distancing if you say we have free food and a million plus people show up and they're hungry and they haven't eaten? Like, yeah. So they had to cut them off to stop the sp- – it's very – yeah. I think the military is going to help some. But, yeah. I mean that has to hit a boiling point at some point. I mean if these people don't have access to food and like, exasperated by the fact that they have – that there's this, this stay-at-home order – like, can this be sustained for another month? Or Yeah, when will this start killing more people than Corona so, would? Yeah, exactly. And, and that was the big thing I've seen in the news. People were just saying, like, no, we'd rather die of Corona than hunger. Because, you know, they're living hand to mouth every day and they haven't been paid in over a month. And not only that, um, a lot of, like, the, the, the poor are here and you know, tend to be like the blacks and they tend to be, they work on the farms or they work in the houses as um, like cleaners and property staff and all that kind of stuff. So we're not allowed, well, no one's allowed in South Africa for any of that to return to normal until I think phase three. So even though they're lifting the lockdown, some people still can't get to work and make money. So um, I think the military is here to enforce and make sure there's not riots breaking out and looting because that's already happening now. They're breaking into food markets. There's been yeah. some robberies on the trucks to bought food. Understood. But the other big thing with it is it's one of the highest countries with the highest level of HIV and poverty. So you've got massive poverty, massive HIV. So if corona does catch on real heavy in these townships, it will, it will kill millions. Yeah. So they're super trying to control it. Tuberculosis is high here. Yeah, so. tuberculosis is really big too. So having HIV, TB, uh, a weakened immune system from poverty and hunger, the like corona here will wreck them. So that they really are trying to keep it from spreading. Wow, wow that is a terrible combination of <laughs> yeah. circumstances. Yeah, it's a very strange thing. And then like the other thing for my job and anti-poaching as a whole is we're seeing a spike in the poaching now. Not so much in rhino poaching, which is for money, but in, in meat poaching, which is you know, wet markets and bushmeat. So now they're just out there trapping animals. There's a huge push for that. So it's yet to be seen what damage will be done to the environment from this. But you have stopped anti or paused anti-poaching efforts for now? Or? No, anti-poaching is still going on right now. Okay, just not the training? Uh, stop the training because of just the methods we train that we travel from place to place and train yeah. so a when it looked like spreading we didn't want to expose ourselves to all these people and then i didn't want to accidentally transport it to a property and give it to someone because that could be that would be terrible for us to know we've spread corona to an anti-poaching team and now yeah. they're not working definitely so we've we rode it out until uh and we're gonna start again next week but like we go to the grocery store and a hoodie and long long pants and I wear a mask and when I get home I take it all off and leave my mask in the car. Jeez. So you you anticipate them going back to stage four in the next how many weeks? Yeah, so we go to stage four um, next week and I think under stage four there's some different, like we, we've had no alcohol. The big one is everyone's freaking out because no alcohol and cigarettes for the whole lockdown. So people ran out of cigarettes, like at least if you're locked down, you have a drink, but they don't want you to drink because, you know, if you've got HIV and TB, it, it lowers your immune system, which makes it even worse. So they've made this really strict, like, no sharing of cigarettes because you'll pass the disease. So they've just stopped it. So we don't get that back until stage three, which could be weeks away. Wow. We're not even going to – there's no international travel until stage one. And they said at any point, if anyone fucks up any of these stages, like people, like the stage four, everyone's like, woo, we're just going back to what we're doing. They all go back to stage five and we all go back to 100% lockdown. Wow. Wow. We're going back to stage five. It's just like the army days, man. I'm used to this shit. Yeah. <laughs> people can't follow instructions. Everyone gets punished. <laughs> what? Yeah. Have you, are there, I can't even imagine what that's doing to mental health and family dynamics. I've, I've been hearing all this stuff of in, in America, how crazy the domestic violence rates have been going up. So, and obviously they oh, haven't yeah. cut off alcohol or cigarettes there. So have you, have you heard about what's happening in that realm for in Africa? Um, yeah, it's actually much, much better. I read some oh, of the good. statistics the other day. So in South Africa, by cutting off the alcohol, their rate of, um, 
like physical assaults have gone down, drunk driving crashes have gone down, nice. spouse abuse has gone down, murders have gone down. So it's awesome. <laughs> taking a huge burden to the healthcare system, which was the plan, because they just don't have enough beds. So they were like, you know, if we carry on with alcohol and this nonsense for another month, we don't have the beds. So by shutting it off, they made a huge dent. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And it was a big problem here in South Africa too, because of the poverty and lack of work. And alcohol is a, is a big problem. The drinking, binge drinking, and it's what happens when you're sad and miserable and got nothing else to do, right? Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> that's really amazing. How do you uh, – let's imagine that – somehow this all does go back to normal in a matter of months, do you think that there will be lasting implications in terms of, like, do you think people as a society will treat alcohol differently or will, no. <laughs> no, alcohol is going to stay the same, but, like, I don't think we're going back to normal after this. I think this is going to be a really cool one for our generation because it's going to be a major change. Like, airports are really going to struggle after this. I was talking the other day about that because airports are just – you stand in line, there's no social distancing. So now to have social distancing in an airport, that has to be fixed before we can go back to airports. How we handle passports and touch and all that stuff that goes on, like that's going to stop because we don't know. Yeah. How countries travel from place to place, like our freedom of travel, like us through Asia and Africa, that's going to affect where we're going because certain countries won't let you fly there and fly to another country. Uh, we're going to need health certificates to travel to show that we're cured or we have a vaccine or something before we can travel. So like all that, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think I, the half days are a big one. I hear people don't have to fly and travel for work now and staying at home and working is a big one. Like, why go back to work when I can do my job at home? Yeah. So it could be really good for the environment in that there's less cars on the road, less flights and people just stay the fucking side because we suck. <laughs> it's been great for nature. Yeah, absolutely. That's I've absolutely the whole this whole way through I've been keeping tabs on the the silver lining of how good this is for nature. I saw uh some Facebook meme or whatever that said coronavirus is essentially like mother earth telling us all to go to our rooms because we've been bad. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I mean, it can come back again. The, the big thing It'd be nice to see change. It'd be really nice to be like people like aware of conservation now and the wildlife trade, like what I've been talking about. Like, oh, wow, like if we keep up the illegal wildlife trade, this will come back again and it could be worse. But we as people are just so – like our attention span just doesn't last. Like we seem to forget very quickly. A year from now, we'll just be like, ah, back to normal again. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this disease has fucked up the economy enough that that just, just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, that would be nice. Mm. But um, if we keep on with like, the deforestation and we really don't do anything about the illegal wildlife trade, it's going to happen again because this is just a long list of diseases. Like SARS came from this. Um, Ebola came from this. HIV came from this. Swine flu came from wow. this. And now Corona. Each one is getting better and stronger and stronger. Like There will be another one because we're going to keep doing it. That's amazing. Yeah, that's such a good point. I really didn't ever think about it like that. But yeah, that's obviously... So true. So I yeah, they call it because well, Africa. So Africa ahead, must sorry. have just been at least. I mean, I'm not sure how geographically isolated the Ebola case was, but like it seems like we just got through that. Like the last Ebola patient was recovered like a couple like a month ago, right? Like yeah, and Africa's that was like in the middle of Africa. It's more towards I think DRC, Uganda, up in the Congo. Uh, we don't have the problem down where like we are in South Africa and whatnot. But the problem with Corona is just how it's spread. Like it's kind of scary. It's, it's the perfect disease for people, which I think is really interesting. Like I really like it because a, we suck at social distancing because we're social species. So it preys upon that. We can have it for two weeks without showing symptoms. So because we're ignorant and we know better than everyone, we're like, Oh, I'm fine. And we just keep spreading it because we have to be social. Like if we just stayed at home, like we're told to for a one month we'd like it kind of peter out like but we keep throwing fuel on it by ignoring it and doing what we want so it's like a disease made for people it's great <laughs> i mean i'm wondering though like i mean i'd imagine that where ebola was hot they must have just gone through all of these precautionary measures like that i mean like they must be at they must have already been at a boiling point before this happened, or coming right off of this, like, extreme... Oh, I think you say, yeah. 
Yeah, in some places. So up in the Congo and DRC, and I think Uganda had an outbreak. I mean, there the economy and how they live is rough. By us, that's when you think of Africa, like the old, like that traditional, like oh, it's run down. Like some places up there, especially where we are in South Africa, it's very modern. Think like, it's just like a city in America. Yes. It's, right. it's, it's very cool. But uh, yeah, they got hammered. And we haven't really seen it catch on up there yet. Um, I've got friends in the Democratic Republic of Congo that say it's there. But as we're seeing in America and here, unless you're testing people and confirm it's there, like, you just don't know. Yeah. So the biggest fear is that it's going to absolutely wreck Africa because they don't have the system in place for it. And there's so many underlying health problems that this will really run like wildfire through the poor communities here. Well, here the only people getting tested are the ones who have showed symptoms or or in the healthcare industry. Yeah. So I cast it in the floor. <laughs> oh, <next night>. right. <laughs> hey. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I, I think it's neat and it's going to happen again. And you no, know, it's spread so much and so fast because there's too many humans and we overpopulate and we travel around the world. Like it's nothing. Like, we really don't care about I'm curious, how like, much we travel and what we do. Paper money. And like, just very simple, yeah. Like all these different And things. that's why like, that whole paper money thing, exactly. When they found out Ebola was uh, – uh, corona was going on and spreading, we still didn't want to shut the US because money. Like why do we keep flying planes? Like everyone knew what was going on, but people just denied it. Like we knew how it was spreading. Yeah. It's crazy that they're flying as many empty planes as they are. Yeah. Like legitimately empty yeah, planes got, uh, or just a couple people in a plane? Just a couple of people on the plane. They just I heard they're still keeping the planes flying because if they stop the planes flying, they have to lay off workers. So they're just flying empty planes so they can keep the workers. Why not just pay the fucking workers? Yeah. Why do we need I, to ruin the planet? It's crazy. Well, it's kind of... Well, I've got one of my directors here right now, a longtime friend of mine, Jeff. Um, we served in the army together and he's on the company with me. So he flew out from Japan. He's an English teacher there. And he's got an apartment and a house so his flight was on the 18th of March. So it fell under lockdown. So they canceled his flights, pushed them back, keep changing them. But realistically, he's not flying until phase one now either. So he's got. So we we're kind of dealing with that stress too. But he's not alone. Like there's so many people in the world like that. So it's, it just sucks. But yeah, you know, it's what it is. Yeah, I got to make the most of it. I mean, Celebi. What do you think? What type of education or communication can be put out to? make everyone at every stage aware of the connection between disease and the illegal wildlife market. Okay. So the illegal wildlife trade is the fourth largest crime in the world. So it's behind guns, drugs, and human trafficking. It's exactly the same. The same people that do all of them do this. So it goes hand in hand. Um, it just destabilizes nations because it's criminal. There's a lot of um, destruction of the environment that goes on to fuel this. So we're talking about like I we deal with rhino poaching and elephants and tigers. They're the big sexy ones, but all the way down to the smallest pangolins and civets, bats and cats and hogs and god knows what else, snakes and lizards. They catch everything. Birds. It all gets transported to these markets. They're not sanitary. They're not clean. Um, and that's how it happened. They're just being butchered in these. It just, it's a mess when you see what the markets look like. It's just cages st- stacked on top of each other. A lot of them are killed alive or they boil some alive. So it's just the chance for bacteria and viruses to spread from these animals to humans goes up greatly, especially when you aren't practicing sanitation or proper healthcare practices because it's illegal. So there's, just, there's no care. So um, it's big in China, but it's big in Asia. Like it's bush meat here in Africa. It's the same kind of concept. You're you're butchering it illegally. You're bringing it in from the wild. And some animals out there have diseases and parasites and viruses which can pass to people. But we usually don't encounter them because they're in the jungle, they're in the forest. Right. But once we start cutting all that stuff down, we start becoming exposed to it a lot more. So, you know, when we didn't really used to eat pangolins very much, it was like, you know, cut it. Some every there, some every now and then here and there, but now we're taking tons of them a year. Sooner or later, we're going to get exposed to something from one of these that gets information. Oh yeah, pangolins. The Chinese love eating pangolins. It's one of the most poached animals in the world. Wow, I did not know that. 
which is crazy because uh, they're super hard to find. I've never seen one in the wild, and I always ask people in, in my line of work who spend all of their life in the field, uh, biologists, conservationists, anti-poaching guys, like, do you ever see pangolins? Like, nope. Yet they managed to catch tons of them. Um, they bust a shipment last year heading into Asia that was 14 tons of pangolin scales. What? Tons. Oh. Tons. How much is a rhino? A rhino is one ton. 14 rhinos worth of pangolin scales. And the animals are only like this big. Yeah. Like a soft size thing. They can get a little bigger than that. Yeah, but still like. Yeah. Yeah. But they're. Full grown, they get to be a hefty size. Yeah, that was just, but that was like, just the to give scales, you an idea, the illegal right? wildlife trade, that 14 tons scales. Yeah. yeah. So 14 that 14 tons, tons of, of scales. scales was about $38 million. $38 million. Jeez. So it's not just like, it's not the illegal wildlife trade. Like, oh, people are just going out and catches, catching a parrot or here or like killing one tiger. It's basically destruction of the environment for profit. Once you put a price on something, right? Like, we're not killing tigers because they're tasty. We're killing tigers because it has a price. So, I mean, it's $160 a pound for tiger bone. And if we can turn it into wine, it's $30,000 a bottle of wine. So, like, once you attach a price to something, we're just going to keep going after it because we don't care. Like, it's, it's got a price tag attached to it. And the more rare the animal, the higher the price tag. Yeah. In which case, it kind of just fuels the fire to keep killing them rather than conserve. Yeah. Which, in the long run, would make more sense money-wise. But Yeah, they'll kill them all until they're gone because... Why not, right? Like, there's always money. That tiger's always worth money. And the less of them, the more expensive they are, which encourages. So, um, like, on our end, we deal with wildlife rangers and training them to be better and going after poachers. But one of the biggest things that needs to come out of this recent pandemic is we need to go after consumers. Mm-hmm. Like, we can catch bad day here, but there's there's always going to be poor people that are attracted by money. Like, that's – I get it. Like, they're poor, they're hungry, and I've got – tons of kids and a hungry wife and someone's offered me money and there's a tiger that's worth that money. Yeah. But if we got rid of the people who buy the stuff in China and Taiwan and uh, Vietnam, like the consumers, we turn that tap off, then there wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a demand if we would go out and do it. That's what we need to really go after now. And do we just do that with education? Right. Education. Uh, I think social media is a big one shaming people like the whole big me too movement yeah. or slut shaming same kind of concept like there needs to be a movement online you find them online on instagram but like slut shaming. here's a picture of cassandra with a rhino horn in the house because she's an asshole like, yeah i would do that here's a picture of trev <laughs> eating pangolins <laughs> he's a weirdo like <laughs> yeah seriously um just just get the pictures and social media awareness and get it out there Oh yeah, so you especially in China. You guys went vegan like, right before this life. started. Have you have you been able to keep that up, or how? What has that been? Say that again. You guys went vegan right bef- like six months ago or eight months ago or something. Oh, how have you been no, able to stay vegan? No, not all the way. I kind of like straight again. It's very difficult in South Africa to maintain a vegan diet, yeah. um, especially. I know it sounds ridiculous because pie was very hot as well but in this heat it nothing lasts whether it's because of the stage it was at at the grocery store like things don't last like we we have to shop every four days yeah Yeah. just keep it fresh and that's your standard stuff like bananas apples stuff that keeps fairly well yeah but i will say that i really went vegan last year um i do want to go back I, I i've started to go back into meat a little bit i've cut down a lot but i've started to go back into it and i do feel really bad about it it's not like i'm like ah oh, screw that like i really want to go back into it um i think it'd be a lot easier if i lived in the u.s we had access to stores with all the vegan stuff yeah we do have a vegan shop in Tampa, like locally here in south africa oh, wow. middle nowhere vegan shop but they're that right was, it was immensely surprising when we found it, and it's in like this back road. It was actually like a little tricky to find, but and they've got a really elaborate selection of things, um, anything from nuts or power bars or you know Vegan various meat, different yeah. powders for cooking, and I mean they really have a nice selection. Nice. Yeah, but I do want to go back. I do want to. I keep saying to cats like I don't like eat meat as much anymore. I kind of want to go back to being. It is a hard change, though. I just don't. I wasn't feeling very full with vegan food. That's the hardest issue I have. Yeah, totally. I had 
like the adverse effect, like most people tend to lose weight with it. I was clearly doing something wrong because I started gaining weight and that drove me crazy. Um, but as far as like committing to it, Kevin kind of like made the decision and we did it. And I was amazed at how easy it was for me when I was kind of reluctant to make the change in the first place. Yeah. But yeah, I've got to figure out that macros, micros, balance. Yeah, I mean, I think something. I think with a lot of things, if you're eating substitute products, then that's where you're going to gain weight. Like these things that are like fillers or imitation or or have added sugars and whatnot that that you can it's very easy yeah. to gain weight it's yeah you just gotta stick to the well, that's what I was whole foods constantly remind kevin i'm like just because it's vegan doesn't mean it's healthy yes for sure i don't know i mean i think oreos are pretty healthy <laughs> oreos I love my own. no I, I do miss it and i i, I want to go back i think i might go back after the lockdown once we have a better chance to start shopping and trying to get back into it again yeah I did cut. I haven't gone all the way back hardcore, but I have kind of gone back a little bit. I don't like it. But there's a lot of vegan things I do know. Like eat, keep eating now, do a lot of soy milk now, to the milkshakes. So like I'm still trading out a lot. I haven't gone all the way back, but it's a work in progress. Yeah, that's 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 what I always advocate for all you know lifestyle choices and trying to be green. It's not about achieving perfection on day one. It's about being a work in progress and evaluating your choices and keeping. Oh, your mind open to new information on that. There is some things I haven't changed though. Like I still don't eat Nutella and I love Nutella because palm oil yes. and they destroy the, all the orangutans. So like there's some things I might've gone back to meat a little bit, but there's some things I stay away from. Like palm yeah, we oil never do palm still. oil. Yeah. Anything with palm oil, put it back. Same, same. That's super Yes. Now, now Trevor started lecturing some of our friends on palm oil, like, I, or, but he couldn't remember the details. <laughs> he said that he went grocery shopping with some friends a couple weeks ago and they were trying to pick out some like Jif peanut butter or something. And he was like, no, no, you're not allowed to eat that because palm oil and something really bad happens and you have to ask Jen. <laughs> and so our friends were like, oh, okay, well, uh, we won't, we won't buy it. <laughs> I knew I knew what happened. I knew that palm oil was bad and why palm oil was bad. It was that I didn't know I didn't read the ingredients on the peanut butter to know what was specifically oh, bad about okay. the peanut butter. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. So you I just like, knew ah. that that was a brand that I don't allow. Yeah. So so really, you just yeah. told our friends like, "No, no. <laughs> you shouldn't do that one." We can't we can't get that. One. Yeah. I, mean, I wasn't telling him he can't. Okay. I was saying okay. I can't get that one. Gotcha, Jen gotcha. Jen will have a fit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very strict on palm oil. It is, yeah, you can... Rightfully so. So the, the next biggest thing I'm missing... What was that? So the next biggest thing that I'm missing right now with lockdown is a uh, lack of access to the gym. Like, we haven't been to the gym uh, in over a month. Although that's actually worked me. out great for me because we've been sort of isolated inside. I was like, well, I got to do something to move. So I've started working out like, more than more so than I have in the past years. Like, so... <laughs> So yeah. now, now I'm excited for the gyms to open up because I feel like I'm I'm at a place where I'm enjoying working out and being isolated at home has actually got me to that point. But so. previously, it was always a barrier for him of like we have to get on our bikes, go to the gym, and, and like do that thing. And now we just have this yoga mat right next to our bed in our little house, and he's like, okay, well I can't. Uh, what excuses do I have to avoid working out when I have to walk one meter that way? Like you know. But that's all the gym is, man. Gym is just routine. Like the hardest part people have with the gym, it's not like lifting weight. It's just routine. It's people are inher I'm inherently lazy. Like it's hard for me to yeah. go to the gym every day. I do, but so many days I have to be like, don't be a shit. See, bag. I like it when we go to the gym regularly. Whereas I find it really, really difficult to self motivate when I'm at home, which is stupid because, like you said, <laughs> what excuse do I honestly have? I mean, there's so many different. <laughs> Even every day, I'm still on Instagram. Oh, saving this one, saving this workout, saving this workout. And it's all based off of a couch or table, <laughs> things I have in front of me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to read a book or watch some more Netflix. <laughs> yeah, to get into like this routine of like doing push-ups every day and sit-ups every day, that's – I think it's 21 days for a habit to form is what they say. 21 days is about – seems about right. Once you get into the routine of just working out and every day like – once this gym opens, it's easy because you're like, oh, I, I need to work out right now. Like, it's a habit. It just becomes form. It keeps going and going and going. Totally. Yeah. It's the hardest part is just starting. Yeah. I, so say, I think it's three days to break a habit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only three days? I feel like it's one day. I think it's mostly only three days. It's like three to five days. If you can make it three days. Interesting. 
I mean, I, mean, I believe that. Huh. Wow, I'm so glad we got the opportunity to talk. Like I was just saying the other day, like you know, we hear a lot on the news about what's happening in Italy or what's happening in in the UK, and we don't hear a lot about what's happening in Africa or what's happening in like South America. And I wasn't sure if that was just because there hasn't. Like I, I would imagine that couldn't be because nothing's happening there. I just imagine that it just is, is not making the news the same way. Yeah. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening yet. It's- I mean, the major lockdown has made a substantial dent um, in spreading the virus, but like we said earlier, the testing is so minimal. It's really only people who have shown symptoms and gone to hospital, and maybe the healthcare industry. Um, I don't. I don't. I mean, you. They haven't tested all essential workers. It's not like they're testing people going working yeah. at the supermarket. Uh, so those numbers could be substantially skewed by that factor alone. Yeah, they're predicting something like eight out of every, or seven or eight out of every ten to contract. Will contract yeah. it once it starts to spread. That, so wow. that our peak here is going to be August, September. So when they're predicting the peak of August, and same with Thailand, I saw the peak in Thailand is not going to be until late this year. So when you're predicting a peak, not until the late of that year, like there's going to be no flights until like, I don't know. Like the, At least we're somewhere warm. Projected is August. I was telling Kevin, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we're here through October. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sound pessimistic, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to be realistic. Like, honestly, like I've got asthma, so I don't get to leave the house at all. Like, what's the, I got to drive Kevin to the grocery store yesterday, which was, the highlight of my month. Oh. <laughs> so it's still, I mean, it still sounds like this hammer is going to eventually drop. I mean, if seven out of 10 people are going to get it regardless. And with the large amount of pre-existing conditions that are, are there, like, I mean, this is going to be bad no matter what yeah. we're going to see millions. Yeah. I'm reading, the, I'm reading a lot of things that I do tons of reading every day on it. I think it's fascinating. So they are predicting that it could be really bad here. I saw this morning, a, a plane arrived from Cuba and they just, flew in a couple of hundred cuban doctors so they are predicting that once it catches on here in africa it, it could be really bad uh, zimbabwe is already going for like our neighbors going through economic hardships the country's about to collapse it's like a loaf of bread is god knows how much like a thousand dollars a loaf of bread it's ridiculous what? so places like that where you have massive poverty going on or like poor Kenya in the west of the country, Kenya and places like that have a biblical uh, locust swarm right now, the biggest they've seen in decades. So on top of Corona coming, no work, but locusts have eaten everything. Oh my god! These locust swarms are hundreds of square miles big, massive. Like it's not just a little. I mean, they're in, they're in people's houses. They're covered like they're all over everything. Yeah. Everything you can see is covered in locusts. So which you, you that's, just, that's what nightmares are made seriously? out of. You could have just this grown all your crops biblical. for the year and these up and they're gone in 15 minutes and then they're gone again like everything's eaten gone so yeah if if it does spread here like they're predicting it could get bad now we have no flights so the u.s embassy's gone home they were trying to they're evacuating people uh we're like we don't need to evacuate because we're not tourists on holiday we have a house and we're set up here but like our last safe like last chance out is gone yeah yeah the americans have gone home we're on our own and at that point, honestly, it was getting so bad in the United States. It seemed like it was far riskier to go back home than to stay where we were. Yeah, that was exactly our Truthfully. pattern. Absolutely. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I'll take my risk here. Like, you did the right. I like Thailand. I like Africa. I'll take my risks here. And you yeah. guys did a okay thing there, I think. Hopefully, it's just as long as we follow safe protocols, we should be fine. You yeah. know what's crazy is how many Americans still don't believe that this is a real thing. I know. The coronavirus. So many people still are like, I don't believe it. It's a scam or this or that. And the other, I'm like, really? Like, you think this is a worldwide scam? All the doctors are in on it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is a prick as commander in chief. I mean, yeah, that's just getting crazy. It's, it's just amazing what can be said. And we've watched this funny stuff. What's crazy about – I don't even want to talk about the Trump thing. But what's crazy about it is the people that follow him are crazy. And even with the crazy stuff he says, like, they'll still vote for him, even though they know that what he's, he's unfit. Like, I don't think they actually believe in Trump or if they believe in just being obnoxious. Like, I think they actually know the guy might be a bit stupid. But I think on the grander scheme is they just want to be, like, with the rest of the crew, which is like, yeah, America, Trump, like, fuck you guys. We hate immigrants. I'm like, but do you really? Or are you just 
have you thought about this really carefully yet? Like, <laughs> actually break down what the guy's saying? Yeah. Listen to what you're saying? It's... I'm sure the answer is no. Oh, I mean, man. like, with when you get stuck in ideologies like that, like, of course they're not listening. Of course they're not evaluating or questioning what's being said. It's blindly following and very deliberately not trying to question and not try- trying to keep trying to keep tunnel vision. Yeah, it's an emotional thing. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like it, and. I'm usually not really bothered by politics. I mean, I was in the army, so like you follow who you follow. Like Bush and was all right, Obama was all right. They all had their issues, but with Trump, like it's just so much craziness that comes out. Like, it just seems like an old, ranting, insane old white man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is. He yeah. Is. Like if you put him in some shit, if you put him in some shitty clothes and he just walked around your neighborhood, you'd be like, oh, it's just an old white weird dude from down the road, like <laughs> <laughs> just talking to himself. <laughs> Oh my god! Jeez, I mean, so how how are things there on the islands? Like, I know a lot of tourists went home. I saw they evacuated a lot of Americans. Are, are you guys the only ones there? Or? I don't think they officially evacuated. No, we're definitely far from the only ones here. Um, I I th- I feel like Thailand and definitely Copenhagen specifically took it really seriously very early on. Um, I mean, yeah, we had like mandatory you can't leave your house without a mask on for over a month now i think maybe right around a month yeah. um yeah, i think we got really fortunate i mean just for our listeners we're on Copenhagen, which is the island you have to fly to an island and then take a boat from that island to get to our smaller island so we're pretty isolated um and supposedly we've done a really good job controlling it there was one this is all anecdotal that we hear from social media and you know there's no real official reports Reported. of how many cases there's been but we've heard that there was one french guy and they they shipped him off to kosamui like immediately yeah there's, <laughs> so there's <laughs> been maybe one case on Copenhagen and they got rid of him real quick uh, so we've been pretty fortunate where it doesn't seem like it's hit the island at all we've we've you know we're we're pretty free we can go out to the beaches we can you know you're, you have to wear a mask anywhere you go and all the food establishments are takeout only but other than that like and there's no events obviously but it's pretty relaxed. Yeah. Good though. Yeah. That's not, I'm glad they're taking it serious. I've been looking at the uh, the news in Thailand as well because we were thinking about heading back there. We'll head back to Thailand after we're done here in Africa to pick up training ranges in Thailand. But so I follow the Bangkok news. It's starting to catch on there in Bangkok a little bit. And then I saw that when they kind of declared their first lockdown in Bangkok, so many of the workers just went home to their rural towns in Thailand and Myanmar. So it's yet to be seen if it's just simmering off in the distance and they don't know about it yet. But Yeah. Which I suspect it is. I mean, I'm really wondering about northern Thailand with the smoke and like when it when it eventually does hit there, like I mean, hopefully now it's starting to rain. I think it I think it rained in Pai for the first time. Yeah. I saw that. Um but you know, I think that that's a terrible set of circumstances as well like just this i mean they were 900 900 air quality index in pi one day like a few days and then you throw yeah. a respiratory yeah. illness on top of that like oh god like that's i miss pie i miss pie when it's pretty during the winter and i miss the food but like that burning season is terrible yeah yeah yeah, yeah we were so happy to have left it this year we were there the whole time last year and we were there still too long we were there until the end of february this year and it was like we can see Based on what we packed to bring to Copenhagen, we're like, oh my god, we were clearly like really affected by the smoke. We were so stupid and making such terrible decisions. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, never again. Get in the habit, man. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, you just explain where you are. So, where we are in South Africa. So, we are. If you fly into Johannesburg, that's where a lot of the uh, the townships are with millions of people, and then Cape Town down the coast. We are about five hours north of Johannesburg, and we live in yeah, about five and a half. Yeah, we live in the we live in you got the Kruger National Park. We live in Greater Kruger, so we live on the edge of the Kruger National Park with no fences. So we're surrounded by lions, or rhinos, and elephants. Like, we've got tons of animals in the backyard every day. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds pretty amazing. That's yeah. How's we've the been, internet connection? We've just recently discovered that we have a fence around. It's not too bad, actually. As long as we get four people in the house, as long as people aren't all streaming too much, it's not terrible. Interesting. So it's a digital nomad possibility. 
We could come there as well. Oh yeah, where, yeah, you could do that. Where we live in Hoodsborough, like it's amazing. It's a very, it's a tourist town in the middle of Africa because it's in amongst all the safari reserves and Kruger National Park. So everyone comes. You guys here would love it here to see animals. We got really nice restaurants. We got nice stores. It's very kind of like artsy, quaint town. It's the neat, the only neat. problem we ran into when we first moved here is the electric grid couldn't keep up with the power necessity. Um, so they used to do load shedding, but we haven't had oh, that yeah. in forever. Yeah, you'd get the power shut off for eight so like, hours. Yeah, a couple of hours a day. Days. They would. Yeah. But it's a ninety-day visa. Ninety-day visa on arrival. Huh? Um The dollar goes really far here. The food's good. The, the wildlife is amazing. Lots of crime though. But that's in the cities. But once you get out to where we are, there's less of it. But you're still surrounded by poverty, and it's, there's always crime. As around long as you were situationally aware which you both are right. you're fine yeah like and i think you guys have the sense to know who not to engage right yeah it, it's it, as long as you've got like as long as you're cautious it's you know people when we moved out here are like oh my god it's so dangerous it's so dangerous i'm like you have more drive-by shootings back in the <laughs> state yeah totally like <laughs> like i don't yeah, that's crazy. I came from a small city in America that had like 171 homicides last year. I'm like, that's more than one a day. It's a tiny city in like Georgia. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty mind blowing. Um, but I do like. I missed being in Pi. Uh, I missed wildlife. So here, back in Africa, I'm happy as hell because every day wildlife. We have porcupines and there's deer in the backyard and <laughs> there are what in Paula. Antelope? If I say Impala or antelope, people are like, what's an antelope? Is it like an ant? Don't people, <laughs> it's pretty much no, I thought people knew antelope from the Lion King. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, pretty much all the Lion King. And they know Impala <laughs> from the, the car brand. Yeah, and we wake up in the morning, we hear the lions roaring in the distance. So we wake up most mornings, the lions. Uh, we have a fence between us and them that's, I use the quotation fingers, electric. Uh. Because I just discovered yesterday that the fence might not be working and the lions can kind of go through it. So, you know, <laughs> we've got that going on at night. Nice. There's nothing Excitement. like at night, like, I'm going to go enjoy a nice smoke in the backyard. And, like, is that a porcupine? Is it a honey badger? Or is it a lion that came through the fence? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Excitement. Uh, who, uh, who, it who is you guys... practice to look both ways before you cross the threshold of the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty wild it's a different uh different mindset than than i'm used to for sure yeah like, than most <laughs> human beings are used to oh I, it's awesome it's right i love it i love empire the hippies are like oh, i'm really too in nature man like petting smelly dogs in town and going to the waterfall <laughs> isn't in touch with nature bro you're like 500 meters from the town and that dog is a dog yeah come come hang out with me for a day i'll touch with nature like yeah <laughs> i literally had the other night so we were sitting outside in the dark, having a smoke, and the porcupines like cats. So she calls them, like, meep, 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 and they come walking up. <laughs> That's how you call became walking up so close that when, when no, they, they my... do. They come when I call yeah. them. I talk to them, and they they'll literally walk. Up, they up they the literally crawled under the chair I'm sitting in. Um. So the other day we were sitting outside, and I was like, "Come here, piggy." I, I call one piggy, and I call the other one Butters. <laughs> I, I don't know where the names, but I. I'm, I'm like, come here, Piggy. And like, anytime one of the guys is outside, they get a little like nervous and they'll put their quills up. And I just talk they to them massive, and, they, and then like... they go, and I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And he just puts his quills down and calms down. He just sits there and he snorts. It's so funny. Aww. They're big. Like, when they, when they, they're, they'll be above your knee when they get quilled up, when they go full size. So he's right next to me. I, I could have put my foot out and touched him on the nose. So I'm like, oh, damn it. If he backs up really quick, he's going to fill me with quills and I can't move because I don't want to freak him out. I'm like, no, please don't fill me with quills. And he's like. <laughs> well, the issue was is the porcupines can get kind of territorial with each other. So one had already come up on the ramp and was right in front of Kevin and I. And his his quills were pointed at Kevin. And then the other one was coming up the ramp. And I'm like, I really don't think you should sit there anymore. <laughs> like, I would get up on the chair. <laughs> it's great. Um, I love it. Animals everywhere. Monkeys. We had honey badgers in the yard the other night. We have jackals. We saw a genet the other day. A what? Um, we go for a list of, we go a genet. It's a small cat. Huh? I think I just saw one of those. We go for a list of animals. Really pretty. Yeah. List of animals that I talk to at night. I talk to the hyenas. The I, hyenas are my favorite. I, I make think. hyena calls like, <laughs> and they'll be like, <laughs> in the distance, and they'll come back. Um, the jackals. Jackals. Yeah, yeah. I can do a jackal call, and the jackals get going. 
And we have the cutest little bush babies that we cannot mimic the sound to save our life. It's the weirdest little squeak. Giraffes. We have tons of giraffes around. We had massive giraffes in the yard all the time. Wow. Like, I can't imagine 25 foot away. We giraffes in my yard. Every day. Yeah, really. Was even paying attention. I nearly walked into the like the giraffe right by the house, and it's just so big you just don't see them because they're they're bigger than you expect. And you're like, oh shit, there's a giraffe. <laughs> Basically, like, right I mean, here. all you see is legs. Um, yeah. Well. And then we've got a Niala who'll come to me. Yeah, I have, yeah. To, I have to send you some videos after you see all the animals we've got in the house. Yes, like please. literally, we've got animals. We have Pumbaa, like for real. <laughs> we've got Pumbaa with gigantic tusks. And he too, like if you're sitting in the backyard having the smoke, he'll, he'll come he'll right come up to you. Walking through the yard and he'll detour and he'll come right up to you and stop like two or three foot away and like he'll really look you and like, have a check you out, like, oh people, like you guys smell funny, like what are you doing? Yeah, he's gotten within three feet yeah. of us. So I usually talk to him when they come up just to keep him cool, but then you don't act like a predator. It's, you move very fast and kinda of stay quiet, it's suspicious. Like animals don't like it. Yeah, you kinda of talk to him just like a dog. Like yeah. soothing, like quiet calm slow sounds are really uh effective whereas like people always want to go they can make like weird noises like you win a horse or something (laughs) and that actually tends to scare them yeah good to know yeah same with dangerous animals i talk to them like hey buddy like what's going on you're good i'm good please don't eat me (laughs) don't eat me (laughs) we have a we live on a a pond right, right a lake a lake yeah i guess it's just a lake um, and there's a big monitor lizard that. We have the same oh my god! Like yeah, we used to we used to have a pond, and Kevin would always lake. call it a lake. <laughs> I mean, it's on the map as Lake Sritanu. Like it's uh, we're living right. in the lake house. It's somewhere in between. I mean, I think it it's probably man made, okay. but it's it's the the government calls it a lake. So well, the government calls it a lake. We'll call it a lake. <laughs> well, we have this lake, and there's a monitor lizard that that. I, th- I assume sleeps in the tree right out front of okay. our balcony because we wake up every morning, we have our coffee outside and he's like on the top of this tree that's like on, a, on an incline at like maybe like, I don't know, 70 degrees. And uh, it's the most ungraceful creature climbing. <laughs> it does. It looks like it does not belong in a tree. Yeah, it looks like it's its first time it climbing a tree every it, like, time. It slides down the tree ungracefully and then p- sort of plops onto like, I mean, it's, it's the weirdest thing. He's cool. <laughs> What is, what is a monitor lizard? I assume that's what it is. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. They get massive. It's pretty big. We saw really in big. Bangkok that were a good six, seven foot. Like, they get huge. Yeah. We were like, yeah. god damn. Yeah, this one's at four and a half, five feet. Uh, yeah. I guess our dog is uh, very one. afraid of him. He tries to bark. Do you have monkeys down there? Yeah, we just went on a hike the other day. Apparently, I've just learned a couple months ago, we were in Malaysia. I learned that uh, monkeys hate Trevor. Uh, apparently, this is a lifelong thing he's been dealing with. Like, anytime he's gone to a zoo or any other situation, the monkeys go crazy when they see him. It's really weird. We were at a national park in Penang, uh, and we had, like, just started our walk. We brought, we went, we stopped at a, a bakery on our way to this park, thinking we were going to have a little picnic. We got a baguette, and then Trevor had eaten, like, a, a portion of the baguette. Then he was handing it to me to have a bite. And then this one monkey runs up to us and, like, smacks Trevor in the knee and is like, Give me the fucking baguette. <laughs> and Trevor's like, No, man, it's my baguette. Like, go away, shoo. I try and- to, like, break off a piece and throw it because now there's more monkeys coming and they're like they're starting to amass in front of me and i'm like you know all right well, go ahead take take that piece and they look at the piece that i threw and they're like no we clearly see that you have a whole nother baguette in your hand and it like started jumping and climbing up me and i had to throw i had to ditch the baguette and run like they were not having it oh my god yeah they were vicious it was intense it was um intense. <laughs> but then yeah a couple days ago we went on a hike and Again, I don't know. This monkey saw Trevor and just started being like real angry. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I don't mess with the monkeys. Man. I, don't want, I don't want any problems. <laughs> yeah, monkeys can become a problem. We've got baboons here and they're big, like big yeah, dog size. We've things. got baboons and vervet monkeys. Yeah, the vervet monkeys I can deal with. I can chase them off, but baboons, like. But the vervets, they're cheeky little bastards. They'll, <laughs> like, if they notice that the uh, screen doors are what's shut instead of the glass doors, they will try to let themselves in the house. They will open the doors. Wow. What do you do if one gets in? 
chase it out. Chase it. <laughs> it depends what it is. But Baboon gets in, it's a bad day because we have to like probably lock ourselves in our rooms. Yeah, Baboon will tear you apart. I'd have to go out and deal with it with a stick or something, but they're bad news. they got teeth like good, like yeah. a leopard. They're huge. They kill, they kill leopards. Baboons kill leopards. Wow. Yeah, yeah so they don't mess around. So who, who are you guys living with? So I've got me, me, Cass, and then I've got two teammates, Jeff and Matt. So Matt was in Pyrus too, that both are ex-army guys. Nice. So I've got my one of my directors and one of my trainers here. So are so you getting to have like nice business planning meeting workshops during this time? Like we were doing really well when we got here. Like we we first got to uh, South Africa in late January, and we've been at work hard since. Like we've been on the go. Almost every day, we were training for a week with one unit, doing a bunch of uh, anti-poaching dog work and tracking dogs to find pangolin and guns and catch poachers. We did a news story with CNN. Then we rushed off to another place to train and then another place. And It's just been nonstop. And now we've been put on lockdown. It's kind of the first little break we've had. So uh, people are just being lazy. <laughs> But even with that, I mean, more recently, you guys have been working on the fundraising videos. Yeah, so now we've just picked up again. Um, we haven't been completely lazy. We've just been going through all the media we've got. We've got tons and tons of media and pictures and videos from everything we've done. Is now just to turn that into a fundraising video to start raising money again for the nonprofit. Nice. And uh, doing some updates to the website. Yeah, updating. Yeah, just all maintenance stuff. Doing updating the website. We got to start writing grants for more funding. Um, I need to find more podcasts to get on, just stuff like that. I gotta find some blogs to write about. Just start, just getting some word out about conservation and the website and wild response. I can definitely connect you with some other podcasts. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. It's it's the hardest thing with like a nonprofit. If you're a for-profit company, you could go to someone and be like, "Hey, I've got a really great idea. We should you should put some money in, and we'll, when we start making money, we'll split the profits." Whereas with a nonprofit. We, owe, we don't really own the company. We, we run the company and we don't have any money to share, but people donate money for us to do our job and we can apply to the government for money. Yeah. It's just the only difference. At the end of the year, we, if we had a million dollars. I can't split it up between everyone. It just has to go back into the mission. So, so it makes it harder to find money sometimes because I can't just go to someone like, hey, invest in my company. I have to find people to donate to my company. Right. Like, I like I like conservation and I don't want to see corona again. Here's a donation. Mm-hmm. I like rhinos and elephants. I don't want to see them killed. I want to train wildlife rangers. Here's $1,000. So it's a big one for us. It's awareness. I think the I don't want to see corona again is a really good angle. for. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah. And seriously, that that's the biggest one. Like, you can make all the scientists in the world and do whatever you want. Like, there's a million people like, oh, we're going to cure this. Like, there's no way to cure it. Like, unless you're going to train rangers to be on the ground, the rangers, they're going to stop the wildlife from being captured and killed before it gets to the illegal wildlife trade. We're still going to lose them all. So we need to tackle the consumerism that is like the supply and demand for it. Like, I want to consume pangolin, which is making people go and do it. And we need to fund wildlife ranges better. There aren't enough of them, and we protect massive areas. I mean, can you remind our listeners where they can go to donate and your website? Yeah, guys. So our website is Wild Response because we are like a wild response to what's going on. So it's wildresponse.org, which is .org. We have an Instagram as well, which is wild underscore, which is that little line at the bottom, response. Um, yeah, definitely check out our Instagram. We post we post a lot of stuff on that. So wild underscore response websites being built. It's pretty good, but it's kind of got some maintenance right now. But um, yeah, yeah, we're just going through some updates right now. So uh, check us out and follow us because it helps a lot, especially as we try and get some more awareness out there. And that's why the podcasts are great. You never know who's listening. Someone might be listening that works for a company. It's like, hey, I know someone that wants to donate, and bit by bit, it helps get awareness out absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. It feels you know, it's, like this. Uh, it's great if you can donate, but even like just spreading awareness, the word yeah. helps as well as spreading awareness. Absolutely. I would definitely, I mean, I hope you guys stay in touch. I'm very curious. Uh, it sounds like this is still an evolving situation very much where you guys are at, where I mean, in the whole world really, but um, it seems like you're at a pretty precarious, more precarious place than most. Um, I know. That- yeah, we're, we're safe 
kind of we're safe kind of by location we're in the middle of the bush but at the same time let's say it, it did spread really bad and social unrest did start to go on it could start to affect like the availability of food to get to where we are when like, it reaches here too the other issue is we don't have hospitals as widely spread as like back in the states or even like i mean when we were in Pi, we had the little hospital or we had to go the closest was three hours away that's very much the situation here yeah. We have a small um, medical office here in town, but we don't have a hospital here. So yeah, is the um, and if it did get here, if it did catch on, like it's going to. By the time it does catch on, here, there's going to be no beds. They don't have right. enough beds here. It's, that's one of the big reasons for the lockdown. There's just not enough facilities to handle having an outbreak. Yeah. So when it does happen, and the lack of equipment, yeah. we'll see though. Adventure. What kind of uh, <laughs> adventure? I'm not afraid. I'm always like adventure. Is it a for-profit healthcare system? Is it is it public? Is it Um, no, it's not a public healthcare system. You have to pay for it, but it's like pie. Like for, if you're spending dollars, it's fairly reasonable for us. Mm. It's just a case of by the time that gets to us, if you did get sick, you're going to a hospital with yeah, just I mean, yeah. thousands of sick people here and there's no ventilators. So our, our best bet is just to maintain social distancing and stay where we are. And yeah, but once again, the town we live in is a tourist town. It's really small and they take tourism and the businesses seriously so they spray the town down with disinfectant like um, even there's like an attendant that stands outside at the atms and he sprays your hands and he sprays the machine after you've used the machine wow. um, yeah when i go to the shopping when i go to get grocery store they spray your hands and you wipe your hands and then you take a cloth and you wipe the handlebars of your shopping cart when you come out they spray your hands everyone's in a mask for the most part people are social distancing it's yeah it's walking here hmm. it's Working. Ow. Wow. Did they freeze? Yes. A little bit. <laughs> oh, no. A second there. Are oh, you back? You guys froze for a second. <laughs> yeah, it's raining here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it's starting to get cold here, too. We're going into wintertime right now. It's starting to get a little chilly in the mornings. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's an interesting added dynamic. <laughs> How cold does it get there? Yeah. yeah. People think of Africa as scorched hot right now we're into winters it's raining every few days it's cold yeah it's cold like how cold i mean what is cold? well here's the thing it's kind of like pie in its summer where it's scorching hot during the day so like even a 40 degree drop in like fahrenheit it's so substantial mm. and significant like it feels so cold at night yeah. Uh, but realistically, it's probably, you know, we have easily 90 degree days, probably hotter, and then might get down to 55 at night. Probably. Yeah, I went to tell you what the that's like. Wow. <clears throat> but like today, it's pretty cool out. Um, typically, I am in shorts and a t shirt or a tank top, and I've got a sweatshirt on, a t shirt, long leggings, socks, and slippers. Wow. Yeah. Because you guys are in a what monsoon now, coming into monsoon season. Yeah, it just it just started raining last week, so it's been it's been gr- growing steadily over the last week. But we're we're still in. I mean, we love rainy season. Uh, yeah, it's my yeah, favorite time. I, for sure, it's just so magical. I'm interested to see what that's going to be like on the island, though. Yeah, I don't know how how different it is uh, compared to Pi. We're moving to uh, we're definitely taking advantage of uh, Corona times. Being stuck in Thailand, we're moving to a luxury villa on Friday that is normally you know. Oh, yeah. congratulations! Yeah, awesome. I mean, it's still like it's like yeah, a mini luxury a villa. What'd you say? No, didn't you just buy a store? Did I see that on Facebook? So it's like a prank that Trevor, I don't even know. He he just posted some weird <laughs> picture like, and then blew up and then he kept on stoking we, the fires. We just, we just happened to be walking past a store that was Jenny's <laughs> store. And I was like, oh, take a picture with your store. And then, and then. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I literally, I went to Kevin and I was like, oh, I was like, Jen bought a store the other day. <laughs> like, what? He was particularly doing this I'm, because, I'm like, the sign it. was so terrible, and he was, uh, yeah, but, uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, good work on your branding. Like, I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Like, you and your, you and your signs. As a marketer, you know, <laughs> particularly. 
Yes. No, yes. Yeah, the added benefit of this is like for you guys there, like accommodation gets cheaper, like renting a moped gets cheaper. Even for us here, like our house, just uh, just on the exchange rate alone, we've, we're making $200 extra a month now. Like, it's gone up huge. Yeah. We're very fortunate to be in the position we are. I mean, all things considered. Yeah. Um, yeah, we really have like... I think if you're, like, you're one of the... You guys are like us, that like you're fairly secure and you're... you're financially stable so being in this situation overseas isn't as bad and you have the means to like keep surviving and get a house and look after yourself versus people that are just backpacking and living on a dollar a day in asia and now like, yeah now you can't rent anything you can't go stay anywhere like now it's not so much fun but if you can look after yourself it's, it's not the worst place to be i don't think yeah i'd say it's the best place to be i can't imagine a better place to be in the entire world than Copenhagen. i'm very we've we very deliberately wanted to wait out the apocalypse here <laughs> and now uh, yeah we talked to our family back home and i mean just just the level of anxiety and stress i mean the the it's yeah we would not want to be back home at all i mean this is we're quite content here yeah now where are you guys from in the state philadelphia philadelphia oh that's, that's where just from Coast, yeah just from philadelphia too yeah, so they, I agree on that one. Then there's not as much work, and everyone's at home. The lockdown will probably be extended. People aren't following the rules. It, it does everything on the news seems to be a very negative. It, it definitely starts to feed on you if you stay there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just even just being in that news bubble is, is it's impossible not to get wrapped up in, and then you're depressed because the news yeah. is depressing. Like, yeah, and you're not doing anything fun to alleviate your stress from the news because you can't go out and, yeah and you can hear it when you talk like when i talk to my family it's like oh geez just stop watching the news. i know yeah yeah uh, what are you gonna do I, i've definitely gotten a lot of that from uh, people back home everybody sounds kind of like really in a rut and depressed whereas like you know or you know not getting along whereas kevin and i are still laughing <laughs> oh we're happy every day it's ridiculous great. every day animals and fresh air and like it is what it is. We're safe where we are, and it's you know whatever happens, happens, man. Like we can't change it. Yeah, absolutely. It's be inter- adventure. Right. <laughs> yeah, Trevor was wondering, asking me last night, like, what do I think the statistics are of how many people have either like broken up or gotten really serious because of quarantine? Like, did people like make the jump and move in together and like become really close, or did they break up, get divorced, or do they, you know? Oh, I, or will they soon after this whole yeah, thing? Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm sure this is all a make right, it or break right. it kind I'm of. I'm sure uh, we'll see like two. Th- like I'm sure we'll see a jump in in babies nine months from now. I'm yeah. sure we'll see. Oh know, yeah, huge probably divorce oh, rates. Sure and like, you know, it'll be interesting to see. There'll be another boomer generation after this, and a bunch of, and a bunch of roommates moving out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a bunch of what? And a bunch of roommates moving out. Roommates moving oh, yeah, out. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Stuck at home with roommates a lot. <laughs> Imagine if you, had, you, know, you usually have roommates, but you don't really know them that well, because you're not around that much. But until you have like a month at home with roommates, like, man, these people are weirdos. I don't want to live with you anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Uh, well, yeah, it's been awesome checking in with you guys. We, we yes. should definitely make this a regular installment, keeping track of Kevin and Cass in Africa. Yes. I would like that. <laughs> so would I. Kevcast, that would be awesome. We, we really do need to do something like that. We've been talking about it. Um, we really do need to raise more awareness because what we do is really cool. And everyone that follows the Instagram, Facebook, loves all the videos we post. Like It's endless animals and travel. So we really do need to. It's just time consuming. Yeah. It's like, why don't you start rabbit hole? Like I've had to get my Instagram game up lately to try and get some followers to wild response, but it's like, why don't you start to go down that hole? Like it becomes very consuming. I don't like it. Yeah, absolutely. It becomes very. It feels very like forced and fake. And like, although as much as I say that, I have spent like my phone always uh, pops up with the your screen time has increased by blah 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 percent this <laughs> week, and I'm like, ugh, brutal. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. I can't. There are days I can't even like see straight at the see straight at the end of the day because Kevin's like, "Well, you've been staring full all Aww. day." Don't know why my arms, my neck hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I know that. Dad, will you have it moved all day? <laughs> he, he calls us all couch slugs. Like slugs, get up. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, great chatting with you. Great chatting with you, Always too. a pleasure. It was a 
do some breakfast right now. It's like getting close to breakfast time. It's the most important day. Important time of the day for me is eating. I do it like seven times a day. <laughs> yes. I'm like only seven. Well, I guess it's time to eat. Yeah, that's definitely been our <laughs> our lifestyle. Is like it's time to eat again. Time, time to eat again. Yeah. Second brunch. I don't even count down how many days, like how many hours I left in the day before bedtime. Like, oh man, five more hours, I can go to bed. I've got one more meal in bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Uh, I can relate so hard. All right, guys. Nice time with you. Bye. Have a good day. See ya. Hey, see you. you too. Bye. Next time on Occasionally Interesting. I think when you're on the floor, you it's like you, you feel so shit that you want to replace the, the feeling of shit with something else. So you're like, well, I'm just going to do something that really scares me because then at least I'm doing something I can somewhat control.